Hi, my name's Tom Wright. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. It is time once again for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 395 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, our guest on On Screen and Beyond is Tom Wright. You've seen him in Seinfeld as Morgan, All My Children, Granite Flats. He's been on stage. He's done so many things. He's going to talk about all of those and a whole lot more. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, this is a show is a day late. i got to admit that because I was watching the Golden Globes last night. So uh, I wanted to catch up on those so I didn't get the episode out until today. But uh, here it is. All right. And uh, why don't we get right into it? It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, the remake of TV's Baywatch is moving along. Ivan Reitman is producing. The director of Horrible Bosses is going to be directing. And Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and Zac Efron will star along with Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Kelly Rohrbeck. And she's going to be playing C.J. Parker. And Disney's live-action remake of 101 Dalmatians called Cruella is in negotiations with Emma Stone to play Cruella de Vil. Now, this version takes place in the early years of Cruella, and uh, we'll keep you informed as we hear more. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, Liam Neeson. Diane Lane and Jason Bateman will star in Felt. Now, this is the story of Mark Felt, who under the name of Deep Throat helped Woodward and Bernstein uncover the 1975 Watergate scandal. And on October 14th, Liam Neeson, looks like it's his news this week, will play a tree monster that a boy seeks help from to cope with his mother's terminal illness. The movie is called A Monster Calls. And Felicity Jones and Sigourney Weaver will also star. And one more about Liam Neeson. He is also going to be starring in uh, a movie called Operation Chromite. And he's going to be playing Douglas MacArthur as a squadron of soldiers fight the Korean War's crucial Battle of Incheon. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen or Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sequel City. Well, it looks like Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is set for December 16th, 2016, 
And this will be the first Star Wars movie not revolving around the Skywalkers. And it will take place in the time between Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and Episode 4, The New Hope. And you can look for the first trailer during Captain America Civil War, and that's on May 6th. So, looks like we're not going to be losing out anytime soon on any Star Wars stuff, I guess. And Michael Bay has confirmed he will be doing Transformer 5. And the head of Disney once again has said the Indiana Jones 5 movie will be coming. And nothing definite as far as dates, though. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, Deluxe Remastered Edition, will hit stores on January 19th from Lionsgate. And on, uh, let's see, January 26th, Unreal, Season 1, will arrive in stores. And you can look for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the complete series, and Touched by an Angel, the complete series. Touched by an Angel will be coming our way on February 9th, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch on February 16th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on Screen to Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> movies on DVD. It looks like uh, rumors are out that Star Wars The Force Awakens will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD sometime in May. So we'll keep an eye out for that one. And Miss You Already with Drew Barrymore will hit stores on March 1st. And you can look for Daddy's Home, which is out in theaters right now, to land on Blu-ray and DVD sometime in April. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, it looks like the Postal Service has come out with the Star Trek stamps in honor of the 50th anniversary of the TV show. And over at Netflix, they keep moving along, Ridiculous 6 has become the most watched film in a 30-day period on Netflix, Adam Sandler stars in the film, and he's also going to be making more films exclusively for Netflix. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's time for Celebrity Birthday. <laughs> we baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Celebrity birthdays, January 11th, Naomi Judd turns 70. January 12th, Howard Stern turns 62, and Kirstie Alley turns 65. And on January 13th, Liam Hemsworth turns 26, and Julia Louise Dreyfus turns 55. January 14th, Jason Bateman turns 47. And on January 15th, Pitbull turns 35. On January 16th, it looks like Kate Moss turns 42. And on January 17th, Jim Carrey turns 54. Betty White turns 94. And Steve Harvey turns 59. And James Earl Jones turns 85. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, it looks like Sebastian S. of Madrid, Spain, turns 39 on January 12th. And that's it for celebrity birthdays and listener birthdays here at On Screen to Beyond. If you or a friend or a relative are having a birthday, 
Send me the information at feedback at onscreetorbeyond.com, and we will let everyone know about it, and we'll all celebrate it along with you. So happy birthday to all those people who you just mentioned, and we hope that you'll send your information in. And that's it for Celebrity and the Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Tom Bright, great guy. He's going to be coming up next. He has been on Seinfeld. You remember him as Morgan on that one. He was in All My Children. He was on Granite Flats. He was uh, on stage all the time doing all sorts of things. He's been in all sorts of movies. You see his face popping up all the time. Tom Wright, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who we have seen on many TV shows and movies, including All My Children, Seinfeld, and Granite Flats, and also on Barbershop 1 and 2. He also has performed on stage on and off Broadway. It's Tom Wright. Tom, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much, Brian. It's nice to be here. Tom, it's such a pleasure to have you on here because over the years... I've seen you in so many different TV shows and movies, and of course the ones I named are you know huge shows, and, and a lot of people saw you on all of those, but uh, you, you pop up a lot in, in a lot of different shows. It, it's true. I've, I've been uh, fortunate to have a uh, fairly long career, and uh, I think I've got about close to 200 uh, IMDb credits, so I've been working uh, fairly steadily since about 1978. Wow. Now, let's take you back to when you were a child. Uh, when you were a young kid running around playing, <laughs> is is acting what you wanted to do, or how did you get to the point where you decided that you wanted to be an actor? Well, the, the truth of the matter is that um, uh, as a kid, I was an athlete, and um, when I, I played football and, and ran track both in high school and in college, and uh, while I was in college, um, uh, I did go to the theater to, to see a play, and I thought it was pretty interesting, but it wasn't something that I really considered seriously doing myself until after college. Uh, a friend of mine is a director, and he kept telling me for years that I was an actor, but I just didn't know it. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to prove it to you. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to put you in a play that I'm directing it. Cheney State College, A Day of Absence by Ed Bullens, and once you walk on stage, you're going to see that this is what you're meant to do. And, you know, I, I took the challenge, and it turned out he was absolutely right. The minute I stepped on stage and in front of an audience, um, I, I, the, the clouds parted, and white light shone down, and a halo <laughs> around me, and I thought, okay, this is where I belong. Um, and that's how I got That's how I got started. So, so it wasn't a... a lifelong thing when you were a kid and, and being the class clown or anything like that, and then it just developed, it, it happened at that point, huh? Well, you know, I always exhibited probably, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there are a lot of people I grew up with probably would tell you that, oh yeah, sure, he, he's, he's always been an actor, but in terms of my own thinking, I had never really considered doing it like most kids who grew up in the 50s and early 60s. I was in love with uh, television and um you know, I watched uh, tons of, of of television growing up in New Jersey. Uh, oftentimes, there wasn't uh, much else to do except watch TV. So, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, that I, I was always into movies. I always loved westerns in particular while growing up and and um, uh, TV shows such as Combat and and uh, the Twilight Zone and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you pick up you you pick up things even though you don't realize that they're they're, they're making an impression upon you and, and somehow or other they, they wound up playing themselves out years later. That was your enlightening moment there. Did you go directly into trying to get an agent and, and, and things like that, or, or did a part come to you, or what happened after no, that? No, I was, I was more in, involved in theater. Okay. And, uh, th- that, was, that was where, the, where the, the lightning bolt struck. And I never considered doing television and film at all for, for years. Um, I, I, I joined a theater company called the People's Lighting Theater Company in, in, outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And um, they invited me to become a company member. And I stayed two years, did 15 plays and without ever taking an acting lesson. And I realized that I had reached sort of the, the limit of, um, of, of natural ability and I needed some theoretical um, uh, knowledge to to help substantiate and grow as an, as an actor. So I moved to New York with $150 in my pocket in 1976, didn't know anybody, and started um, uh, studying at a couple of different uh, schools. And slowly things sort of built from there. Hmm. That, that takes a lot of guts. You, you hear about a lot of people that do that. And, uh, uh, you know, just to move to New York City is one thing, but to move to New York City with not a lot of money in your pocket is another thing. I I was pretty stupid. I, mean, you know, I, was, I was, I, you know, I was very naive and thought, uh, oh, $150, but you know, that can, that can get me started. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, three years later, um, I, I finally had, had, had found my way to, to a living wage and, and self-sustaining my, uh, uh, so it was, it was really, it, the early years were, were, were very difficult. Um, um, but uh, I sort of I had a singular mindset that uh, I wanted to do this, and the whole thought of being on television and being in movies seemed very foreign. Um, and uh, I, I just wanted to pursue theater, so I did that for a number of years before ever setting setting foot on a set. Yeah. So, what directed you t- into TV and movies? Uh, well, the the actual possibility of making money. I, oh. I, I did, <laughs> It just didn't dawn on me, you know. I, I thought it was for someone else. I thought, oh, other people do that, you know. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm not one of those people. And I happened to see a, a friend of mine. I was actually um, in a class at, with a guy, and we were we had we were scene partners. And he he interrupted our rehearsal and said, "I'm going to be on TV. Do you mind if we?" stop for a while so I can watch. I said, what are you talking about? You're going to be on TV. He said, well, I'm, I'm doing this soap opera. I'm doing One Life to Live. And I was like, he, I said, they, they, he said, they paid me. I said, they, what? He said, they paid me. I said, they, they paid you money? <laughs> and he said, yeah. I said, well, okay, turn it on. And, you know, he was just an extra. But, you know, at the time they were paying, I think, 75 or 80 dollars for the day and um, if you did a few days a week you could actually make money as an actor as opposed to being a waiter and when I saw him do that I thought it, it opened up a whole new world the whole idea that I could actually audition and for for television shows and, and try to make a living at it mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Now, was uh, was uh, a soap opera your first job on TV? My, my very first job, paying job, was as an extra on One Life to Live. Ah, okay. Um, no, actually, it was all my children. It was the one that I wound up working on, like, a few years later. Uh, I was just in the background. But, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that that had a real, that, that's ever had um, um, much of a, uh, and, and it's sort of an ego involved in, in terms of um, whether or not you're a principal, an extra. I don't demean any anyone who's working in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that uh, it's much better if you want to be an actor and you really want to take take yourself seriously as one, that it's much better to make to make a living inside of it than outside of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I also felt that uh, just, I did extra work for a couple of years, and I learned a lot uh, just sitting around watching um, so that when you, I actually did step on set and, and there was something at stake, the, the, the stage, the setting, the magnitude of what I was doing did not bother me at all. Hmm. Yeah, and... and- now, of course, I, I have no acting ability. I have no, <laughs> no, no idea of how this works or anything. But I would think that moving from stage to starting on a soap opera is closer than jumping into a movie. Is that correct? Only because it's more immediate uh, with a soap opera, uh, you know, quick pace. It, it is. It is pretty much uh, because the scenes are like they are in theater. Soap opera scenes are longer. Um, they, they, you, you don't get to stop and start at least back in, back in the day, back in the seventies or in the eighties, um, once they turn the cameras on, they like to finish the entire scene. So, and you didn't get two or three or four takes. So you, you kind of, you, you did a few run throughs and, and, and some rehearsals, but, mm-hmm. uh, when it came time for taping, you just basically got one take. So and that's very much like the theater. So it, 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 the transition to 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 a soap is not that difficult. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I don't really know that much about it, but I, I would think, uh, minus the audience participation that you get from the stage, uh, that would be the more similar, you know. And and, and I, I know they're not really similar, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No. No. There's there's there is a certain. Um, uh, Performance structure that's very that's very similar. Yeah. The different the, the real difference is that with a play, once you once you learn the lines, you you know you're going to say the same lines for the run of the play. But with a soap, sometimes you're learning up to twenty pages a day, mm-hmm. um, which 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 you know that's that's a bit of an adjustment for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are really good actors but don't but don't have a, a certain facility for. The memorization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was one of the real components of, of, of the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, uh, you know, when you when you mentioned that, the first thing I thought of, uh, you know, of course, everybody loved Bob Hope and his his him being on movies and things like that. But every time he was on TV, you could tell he was reading. Yeah, you know, so it, it's it's like you know he could never do a soap opera because he couldn't the the, the fast pace and, and and knowing so many I couldn't I can't order from you know a fast food place without remembering what what I was trying to order. Yeah, well, you, 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 there were teleprompters there, and and some people knew how to use them. I just never learned. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Learn. I never knew that. Uh, yeah, I I would rather learn the lines and and just kind of know them. Um, but there are some people who are really really good at being able to 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 look off 
and and read a teleprompter and you would never know. Hmm. Um, but to me, that 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 really wasn't acting. That was something else. Right. I don't know what it is. Yeah. No. No. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you went from being a extra on All My Children to a few years later becoming uh, a regular on the show. Uh, and right. Now, if if I remember correct, you were Jesse Hubbard's father. I was his brother. His, I was his older half, half his brother. Okay, half. okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, so does anybody? You know, because we've had a lot of soap opera people on the show, and uh, you know they're always saying how the fans are very, you know, they oh, know boy. every line <laughs> that you've said and everything. Right. And uh, yeah. did any of the people at that time come up to you and say, hey, I remember, you know, you're his brother now, but you were somebody else, at the, you know, a, a year or two ago? <laughs> well, it, it, it wasn't so much that um, because, you know, people don't pay attention to to, to the smaller characters on soaps. They, mm-hmm. You know, they, they really pay attention to, you know, the, the principles. But once I became a principal on, on All My Children, um I I would get stopped in in the streets of New York, you know, forty or fifty times a day. There were just so many people that were into watching that show, and wow. since I was playing a villain, um, it, uh, it, it some of the some of the interactions were were uh, some of them were fun, some of them were were a little bit intimidating, and, and sometimes I wish I could I could just blend into the background. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sometimes fans can be a little <laughs> intimidating. There's no question. Yeah. So now, of course, then you went on. You did Creep Show two and uh, right. all kinds of different shows. China Beach. You were on China Beach. I remember you, yeah. you coming in there. And um, mm-hmm. one thing, going over as I was looking over your credits, I, I didn't know you were on Weekend at Bernie's two. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Steve James and I played these two. These two guys who who get caught up in trying to uh, um, uh, with with Bernie, we shot that in St. Thomas. It was actually a lot of fun. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I remember the first movie, you know, quite well. This, but the second one, I I remember it, but I just don't remember it as well. And yeah, yeah, it was. It, it took place in St. Thomas. We shot it in the Virgin Islands. That's rough, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say a word. Great location. <laughs> now, is that the most tropical place that you ever filmed in or, or did a show in? Uh, actually, the most exotic place was Thailand. I did a film with uh, Dolph Lundgren called Men of War. Um, and back in the, uh, let's see, in 93, I think it was. And we, we spent three months in Thailand doing wow. this action movie that was uh, written by John Sales. It had a great cast, Tiny Lister and and uh, um, uh, Don Harvey and Catherine Bell. And uh, it was it was really it was really a, a fun, a fun shoot. Jeez. Hmm. You know, that's that's the part. The travel must be great. You know, when you go something like that, um, it, it it can be. You know, it's it, it it all depends upon where you are and how. You know, I mean, for me, being able to work in you know in, in any foreign setting is 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 great. Some people don't like to don't like to leave home, but but um, um, I, I I don't mind it. I actually I like being on set. I like being on location. I like being in new and challenging environments that. Uh, 
that, that you get a chance to to not just visit as a tourist, but a chance to actually work. Mm-hmm. It, to become part of the fabric of a of a of an exotic locale for a while is 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 really, I think, really rewarding. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now you and like I said earlier, you did have done a lot of TV shows, and uh, but there's some that are you know really memorable. And one thing that surprises me, um, Seinfeld. Right. There's so many people who did. I mean, you did you did several episodes, but a lot right. of people have done one episode, two episodes, and even yourself, you did what four or five episodes, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but so many people who have played characters on Seinfeld with limited number of episodes—they're so memorable. People can remember those episodes. Whereas, you know, if you were in—I don't know—just pick any TV show or something, right. people may not, might not remember you. But I mean, you—you know—I mean, if people see you, they know you. Hey, he—he <laughs> he was Morgan, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the the genius of 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 Larry David he he really was he was the brains and, and, and behind that operation and and he did a fantastic job of 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 of, of the writing is was really really great on that show it was a very easy show to do um because uh, it was so well written and and once they locked the script they didn't change anything once they were happy with what they had written um, a lot of his sitcoms will will change things right up and until the time you're actually shooting. So you you the, the, the seven or eight let's say jokes or comedic moments you might have at the beginning of the rehearsal process um, will have been swapped in and out sometimes uh, you know three or four times each one so that it won't resemble you know the same character the same writing on at tape day as it did on initial sit down and read it day. Um, but Seinfeld didn't operate that way. They would, they would lock the script early in the week. And then, so the rest of the week you could perform and rehearse and know exactly where all the laughs were and know exactly where, where all the beats were so that on Friday night, when they taped it in front of a live audience, it was like doing a one act play. Hmm. So you must've been right. Everybody, yeah, everybody was well prepared. Everyone knew exactly, you know, what they were doing, and 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 uh, you know, they were very very smart in the way that they they ran that show. Yeah. So, did you do it like uh, I've been to some tapings of shows, and they do three takes of every scene? Was it is that how they work too, or did it just work like a, a play where you just did the scene and that was the one shot deal? Uh, sometimes you would do them again, and even you know if, if they really felt felt good about it, they would they would you would, it would just be one shot. Hmm. Um, but then sometimes if there were a couple of different things that they they felt could have been better, you'd, you'd get another crack at it. But uh, most of the time it was 
it was it was a one shot deal because you had rehearsed it all week long, right? And and so everyone sort of knew exactly what to do. Yeah, yeah. It was an incredible show. I mean, there's there's no way around it. That's it's just a great show. Yeah. I have to mention this because a lot of people, of course, uh, enjoy Star Trek, but you have a history of being on a couple of Star Trek uh, shows. Right. Yeah, I, I did uh, Star Trek, um, I did Voyager, and I did Enterprise. Um, and on Voyager, it, I actually played a, it, it, a lot of, I, I'd, I'd say if I had five favorite performances, I, that would have to be one of them. I played two Vicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, character who, where Neelix and Tuvok um, um, get, there's a transporter accident as they're beaming up from a planet, and they wind up combining their DNA, and out pops this hybrid character, and that was me, and it was really fun to do. Yeah, being being part of that. Now, uh, do a lot of people recognize you from Star Trek? Um, the, the Trekkies do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, anyone that has a real good connection with with the Star Trek universe um, uh, does. Uh, it's, and it, it was, it, it, I did it, and it was really fun to do. But I had no idea that that it would um, it would last as long as it has. That people would find it uh, memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. Uh... One of the other shows that uh, more recently here uh, that you've been on is uh, Granite Flats, and uh, it uh, was on BYU TV. And we've actually had several people from the show on our show to uh, talk oh, about it. Oh, right. Yeah, and uh, it, it's uh, I, I enjoyed that show very much. I thought you did a great job in there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I, that is another job that, that I really. I, I really appreciated a lot. I, I had a great time. It was a great cast. Um, the writing was really good. Uh, the production team, um, the DP, the, the, the scripts, the the, um, the prop people, the, the gaffers, the lighter, and the people, technicians who, who lit. Everything was great. The production design, the costumes. Um, it was a real first-class uh, show, and... Uh, um, I, I wish I wish we were still on air. Yeah, I, I was disappointed. In fact, you were the one who told me <laughs> when yeah. when we had met there that uh, that the show was not going to go for another season. I was, I was kind of disappointed because uh, I, like I say, I enjoyed that show. Yeah, um, 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 all of us did. We all did. But you know, sometimes the powers that be they have um, they have their reasons for for doing or not doing a particular thing, and um, they felt the show had. They had gotten the most that they could out of it, and um, and the kids were growing. The kids were getting older, so right. It was that element was about to change. Um, so you know, they they pulled the plug on it, and we were all very sad. But but that's the that's the kind of business we signed up for. Mm. And it, it it was surprising because a lot of times kids grow up slow through through the seasons, but but these kids right. sprouted like weeds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they they hit their teen years, and all of a sudden, everything just mushroomed. Um, yeah, but it was a really, really good show. Yeah, yeah. It was people can still see it now. I believe it's still on uh, uh, Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can find it on Netflix, or you can find it at byutv.org. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they they carry it too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, right. if people haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it because it is a a good show and it's a good family show too. 
Yeah, and 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 it's 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 a show that has something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to sit and watch with the kids, uh, as opposed to watching zombies getting their heads cut off or something like that, it's <laughs> it's something that you can actually yeah. watch. <laughs> it's it's an engaging show, and and it's um it's it's not your standard family hour type show either. There's a there are there are little plot twists. Oh yes. You know, slightly slightly darker elements. Now, uh, is there anything that you've uh, got going on that you can tell us about that, that's coming up for you? Um, there, there are a few movies. There's a movie called Rebirth that I think is going to have a um, um, it's going to be a very interesting film. It's about cults, and it's a dark comedy about um, about uh, about cults. And um, there's a film called Message from the King that's coming out as well next year. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm as usual as, as has happened consistently since 1978. I'm, you know, out in the tall grass with a great big cane pole, and whacking the weeds to see if I can scare up any game. So <laughs> I'm, I'm out looking for work, and if any of you out there have a role that you that you think I might be right for, by all means. Um, uh, look me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, one other thing that people might rec- recognize you from, of course, is the barbershop movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, again, I've, I've been pretty lucky in terms of a lot of the experiences. That was a great experience as well. Um, they were all, that was a first class group of, of, of people and shooting in Chicago. Um, it is a delightful town to work in. Uh, but all of those guys, Cedric the Entertainer and Anthony Anderson and the director Tim Story, you know, they, they were just a really good group of people. Mm, yeah. yeah. Tom, I'd like to finish up with two quick final questions here. Okay. Taking us away from your acting and everything, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Wow, that's a that's a question. Let's see. Off the top of my head, um, I guess right now I'm the binge watcher. Mm-hmm. So I swing um, from everywhere from um, from Narcos to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, classic TV. Uh, I consumed a lot of it as a kid. Um, but I'll say there's a there was a, a show that it was only on for one season with Don Murray. It was called The Outcasts. It was a western. It was really really good. Otis Young and um, and uh, Don Murray. Um, that was one of my favorite shows as a kid. It was only on for one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And film wise, you know, um, I fall into the, you know, I, I love Goodfellas and and. Um, um, I loved a lot of movies from the 70s. Um, I, I think the 70s was a great decade from Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and you, know, you just name it, there, the conversation. There's so many great um, great films. And, and, and um, But current films, um, um, I've been fairly disappointed. Today's films, um, uh, I find are quite different. There's a film I just saw, uh, I believe it's, it's it's a middle it's from a middle, it's a Jordanian film called Steeb, T H E E B, which was which was really great. Um, and I like Spotlight. You know, mm-hmm. this year's and Youth is actually a 
a really terrific film. So I guess my my sensibilities in terms of watching is is, is are very eclectic. I I like a lot of different things. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, Tom, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, okay. thank you so much. Yeah, well, been nice to meet you, Brian, and uh, thanks for having me on. So we'll talk soon. A great big thank you going out to Tom Wright for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. I had a chance to meet Tom in person. And I asked him if he would be a guest here on On Screen and Beyond, and he graciously agreed to do that. And we finally made our connection. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview because uh, he's he's really a great guy. And uh, keep an eye out for him. He's going to be coming up on more movies and uh, TV shows, I'm sure. All right. What do you say? We've got a lot of things that have been going on. And uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest, email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will see what we can do about getting that person on here on the show. And uh, if you are on Facebook, be sure to like us. And uh, if you are on iTunes and listening to this, and be sure to go and leave a uh, review and a rating for us. Uh, that will always help us move us up in the ratings and uh, get more people to know about On Screen and Beyond. That's how they work here over there at iTunes. And uh, you just got to fill those out and send them out, and they all... You know, I don't know how they do it, but they get <laughs> they get to reach more people. And, of course, uh, we want to thank all the people who write in each week here at On Screen and Beyond. Love hearing from you. You can email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, it's a lot of fun to listen to what you have to say about our guests that we've had and suggestions you have and all that sort of stuff. So thank you very much for that. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.